So I have no doubt that Kobe would have wanted those games to go on yesterday, play the damn game, and compete. Sports Grid News Update. The sports world continues to mourn and react to the death of NBA legend Kobe Bryant. He and his daughter were among several people killed Sunday in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. Bryant was on his way to a travel basketball game with his daughter Gianna Bryant, who was 13 when the helicopter crashed. Sources did tell multiple outlets. Those aboard the helicopter included another player and parent. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said in a news conference that there were no survivors. NBA games went on as scheduled on Sunday. Every team went through some sort of tribute, whether on a jumbotron or by taking a 24-second or an 8-second backcourt violation to honor Kobe Bryant. At the Pro Bowl, Lamar Jackson was named Offensive MVP after throwing for 185 yards and two TDs. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Stay tuned at the top of every hour for your latest news updates. The Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. I want to say congrats to Kobe Bryant. Uh, last night he scored 60 points in his last game before retiring. I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard. I mean, a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't you can't write something better than this. No, you couldn't. April 13, 2016 at the Staples Center, Kobe uh, said goodbye to the Laker fans and uh, to the NBA as he embarked on that, uh, that life after uh, basketball and uh, certainly... Uh, was going to be an even more successful life than the one that he had uh, on the court. And unfortunately, all of that uh, came to an abrupt and tragic end uh, yesterday with the news of uh, Kobe Bryant passing at the age of 41, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven other folks uh, that were in a helicopter on their way to a basketball tournament, uh, one in which not only uh, Gianna was going to play in, Kobe was going to coach in. It was his tournament and uh, other uh, parents and players that were on that uh, on that flight. Unfortunately, uh, uh, it went down in just uh, unbelievably tragic fashion uh, yesterday as we, on this Monday, try and pick up the pieces and try to make sense of uh, something that is just, it makes no sense uh, to many of us. And uh, unfortunately, it's many of us waking up here uh, Dane this morning thinking that uh, hopefully it was just all a uh, a bad dream but uh, it was not it is the reality of the situation and uh, while it's uh, unbelievably tragic on so many levels for so many people and so many families not just uh, Kobe and his family but uh, of course the other individuals on that plane uh, all of them affected uh, you know hopefully what we'll be able to do this week is, try and uh, remember Kobe as best we can and kind of share the stories, kind of talk about it, talk about who he was, what he was, and what he meant to so many people. Uh, But there is no denying that uh, the people who 
should have our thoughts and our prayers here along with the uh, the other victims of that crash, their families, because this unfortunately continued yesterday to be much bigger than just Kobe and his family. It was a whole lot of people that uh, that were involved in that, that their lives on this Monday will never be the same. And uh, neither will anybody that ever watched Kobe, followed Kobe, loved Kobe. And I think uh, judging by the reaction of the Staples Center last night, even while the Grammys were going on, um, he certainly meant an awful lot to that city of L.A., that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Uh, good morning. And uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Um, absolutely giant of the NBA. You know, I thought about it, you know, like Roberto Clemente dies in a plane crash. Thurman Munson dies in a plane crash you know this was not a this was not a disease that he had this was not something that the world was preparing for this was a shock to people the first time i heard about it someone texted me and i didn't i didn't really know what to make of it because no one would make that kind of joke over a text and then i started to see it coming in and it's just you know wow you know we we lost someone not only because of obviously his greatness on the basketball court, right? But you start to see the, the the level of role model that he was for aspiring young players, and also even of players like LeBron, like Dwayne Wade, who were getting counsel and advice from Kobe about what to do after your playing career. You know, how to how to be a businessman, you know? I mean, it's interesting. The Grammys were going on. Kobe won a, uh, an Academy Award, you know, for a film short. You know, he was starting to do other things and be a model for players in that way as well. You know, we talk about Derek Jeter in the Hall of Fame and his becoming an owner. Like, that was sort of the next level for some of these athletes. And Kobe was even counseling guys like LeBron, like Dwayne Wade about that. And then we also hear that, Unfortunately, his his 13 year old daughter, who was, uh, you know, big in basketball uh, and, and Kobe took great pride in this, you know, and, and how good Gigi was at basketball. She also dies in the helicopter crash, along with seven others, uh, popular coaches in the area. And so, you know, this is this is going to be a week where, yes, we hear all these stories and testimonials. But, you know, the NBA and the sports world and American society. Lost the Giant and Kobe Bryant yesterday. Yeah, no, they certainly did. And it's, um, it, he will, he may be gone. He will not to anytime soon ever be uh, forgotten for what he meant, not only to the game of basketball, but you, you, you didn't have to meet Kobe. You may never have even spoke to Kobe, seen Kobe play or anything along those lines. But the impact of how far reaching uh, and how he affected so many people around the world yesterday, it, it could yeah. be seen, whether it be other athletes or, yeah. you know, like you said, this uh, the next generation of uh, NBA players, many of whom are on that court, uh, you know, who had Kobe posters uh, growing up, who wanted to be Kobe. And for those of us that are uh, old enough, uh, you know, and, and we had Michael Jordan and, and Jordan yeah. was very much like uh, to a generation what, what Kobe was to the next, the greatest we've ever seen. And uh, for those that grew up with Jordan and uh, many of us at the time were going, so what the hell happens when Jordan retires? Like what what's what what is this NBA going to be? Like you got this nine foot shack like, OK, like yeah. what really? Uh, and then this 17-year-old kid came out on the court. And um, and then we all kind of watched how that grew. And we went, oh, all right, I, I see it now. We, ju- we just found our uh, our next Michael. And, uh, you know, 20 years later, 
Uh, he proved to be uh, every bit as good. It, 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 those two will be at the top of just about uh, a lot of people's list of the two greatest that ever played because they were two very similar people uh, as far as going from a competitive standpoint to a winning standpoint. Yeah. Uh, and he meant so very much to everyone, really helped take that torch that Jordan created there, taking the NBA to another level, David Stern, um, and just he took it and, and ran with it, man, and one of the fiercest, uh, most loyal competitors that you will ever see. And, you know, he's got five rings to show it, so he was, he was pretty successful both on and off the court, and more importantly, um, he, was a, uh, he was a father. Uh, first, before he was Kobe, a basketball player. And you could certainly see that. And a lot of the tributes that you see right now, Dane, are all about uh, him and Gigi, who shared that love of basketball with yeah. him. Uh, and she was um, she was something else, too. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, Kobe was not a public guy. He was not a guy that, that you know, seeked attention and cameras. And, you know, after his basketball days, he just he kind of went to being Kobe the dad. That was it. And... That was all that mattered to him. Yes. Yeah. Words, you know, sometimes you try to put words into something that you just, uh, that makes absolutely no sense. And nope. We'll do sometimes our best. There aren't really words. Yep. There really is. But there is a football game coming up this week the Super Bowl. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans, a tragedy has befallen the world of basketball. At the age of 41, Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash. In 20 seasons with the Lakers, Kobe was a 17-time All-Star, two-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time Olympic gold medalist, and five-time NBA champion. The NBA and the game of basketball will mourn this loss together. Please join us in a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Mamba. That there, the start of the uh, Rockets and the Nuggets game yesterday, right around uh, 3.30 tip-off as uh, news continued to pour in of the the tragedy. And, uh, of course, unfortunately, a... It's uh, it's just a world that we live in on how it was piecemealed and the information, right. uh, many of which uh, many of the reports were erroneous uh, for much of the day uh, outside of the TMZ report uh, showing that uh, Kobe uh, had passed in that helicopter crash along with uh, yeah. what was reported as five other people, uh, which turned out to be false. And then uh, as you know, as that game tips off and as the reality of it starts to set in, then we learn about, um, you know, his daughter Gianna being on the plane. And then we don't know. Then we found out it was nine. And then, okay, well, what else don't we know? And it just, it it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, But the, uh, listen, the NBA, uh, a lot of people were wondering uh, whether or not they were going to cancel the games. I I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I, everyone that, 
Um, was interviewed yesterday that knows Kobe uh, personally, uh, made it very well known that uh, under no circumstances would Kobe ever want that to happen, uh, that that is not something uh, he stood for, that the game must go on, the show must go on, and that he would have uh, he would have rather see everyone compete than uh, than do That's anything right. else. So it's uh, it did go on, and it was a hell of a night for the favorites, too, because they went 8-0 straight up and against the number. So... Uh, and we had a couple of games almost reach 300 points, uh, which is just mind-blowing. But uh, certainly Atlanta and uh, all the players uh, yesterday that were on the court doing their very best uh, to uh, tribute to Kobe, including the very strange Trey Young-Devin Booker combination of scoring, uh, you know, 45 for Trey, 38 for Devin Booker. And they did it uh, in amazing fashion, exactly 24 shots. Uh, both guys, not on the same court, two totally different games, but they both ended up getting uh, significant points in their game and doing it on just 24 shots, which is kind of crazy. And uh, yesterday, guys, um, you know, they paid tribute. And unfortunately, Dane, last night, a lot of these, uh, the Kansas City uh, Chiefs and the 49ers were uh, landing here in South Florida, in Miami, getting ready to, uh, you know, for a week of media coverage and practice getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, they hadn't really had a chance to to jump on and comment about it, but I can assure you that's all going to change uh, beginning uh, today as, uh, you know, many of the guys that were even the Pro Bowl, uh, a lot of guys in the Pro Bowl were finding out while they were yeah. on the field. It was just uh, as it snowballed and the information started to get out, it was – uh, it was crazy because once it started, there was no way to stop it. And whether the information was true or not, um, it's, it, you know, that's the, you, you learned rather quickly that this media in this day and age, it isn't about real or not or true or not. It's who's first or not. And that's unfortunately reared its ugly head once again yesterday. Yeah, you know, you talk about the evolving reports. I heard at first that it was five people. It turned out to be nine. At first, there were whispers about his daughter being on the flight uh, in the helicopter as well. That unfortunately turned out to be true. They were going to Gigi's basketball game. Just a horrible story. You know, we, we hear now afterwards in the Pro Bowl um, that they were finding out about it in the locker rooms. Darius Smith came up with the idea that let's do the fadeaway jumper as a celebration. You're talking about how, you know, people are finding out. I, I was watching golf at one point joe and tiger uh came off the course and people and he was saying people were screaming at him on the back nine do it for mamba do it for mamba and he had absolutely no idea why um until he came off the golf course and they told him he was interviewed something like five minutes after it and was emotional obviously you know some of these giants of the game that do things together whether it's an endorsement or some of the circles they travel in i thought it was interesting tiger truly did not know people were screaming at him on the back nine to do it for mamba and he had no idea that his friend had perished in a helicopter accident you know one of the things that all the players are saying and I mean, the accolades, right? His fourth on the scoring list all time, his five-time champ, five championships in 20 seasons, the all-star appearances, all the accolades. But what everyone says, Joe, is the idea of the competitive spirit of Kobe. And to me, that's what made him the next in the lineage after Michael Jordan. 
right? It was that that killer, I want the ball, I'm going to do whatever possible. You know, you mentioned after the Achilles injury, you know, we've talked about it in like even in all-star games. And I remember also when Dwight Howard came to the Lakers, bringing his like jovial, fun-loving personality there, it was very quickly known. That Kobe wasn't having that. That's not what this was about. This was about one thing, winning and championships and everything steered towards that. And I think over time, you you respect that. You know, even if you weren't a Kobe fan or a Lakers fan, towards the end of his career, you just have to pay respect and homage to someone who did it for the game, you know, for the ultimate reason of winning in competition for so long. And I think that is really going to be part of his legacy. I mean, the, the accolades and the statistics and the championships are one thing, but everybody knows that killer instinct dog that was in Kobe Bryant. And that, to me, is why he was the next Michael Jordan. I mean, Joe, you and I are both old enough to remember people were anointing people like Harold Miner and Jerry Stackhouse to be the next Michael Jordan. But then when this kid came along, it was about that competition, that competitive drive, that relentlessness to win that truly made Kobe one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, now you uh, you mentioned... Uh... Tiger Woods yesterday, who was told by his caddy uh, just moments after he walked off the 18th green there, then, of course, had to go and do a uh, an interview there. Yeah, which was and and here's what it here's what it sounded like from that. It's a shocker to everyone. Um, Unbelievably sad and um, one of the more tragic days that uh, I think. Well, for me, it's the rally just kind of sitting in because um, I was just told probably about, you know, five minutes ago. he burned so competitively hot and uh, the desire to win. Anytime he was in the game, he'd, he'd take on the, their, their best player and uh, just shut him down for you know all 48 minutes. And that was one of the more impressive things, I think, throughout this entire career. And then, you know, when he ruptured his Achilles and went to the foul line and made his shots, I mean, that's that's tough. It's uh, It just, uh, everyone started to uh, to try and 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 remember the reality of it 41 years old Kobe Bryant who was embarking on the second half of his uh, of his life life after basketball which was proving to be even more successful uh, than his career on the court which is saying something and uh, you know he had a book out he was uh, he was part of uh, you know he was getting embraced by uh, by Hollywood he was doing uh, he was he involved in, award. it was doing a move I mean this guy was his his next part of his career all the while continuing to be a uh, a focal point of the uh, of the Lakers and you know doing everything he could behind the scenes to to do things like, Get, uh, you know, make sure that uh, that LeBron and company and uh, that they they put a winning product out on the field and doing everything that he could Uh, and having the night before LeBron break his record and just, you know, move into third all time and then to wake up the next morning. I know there were video of uh, LeBron landing um, and just breaking down on the tarmac as he was uh, coming out, being hugged by people as he was trying to make his uh, way into the terminal. Just. I I can't I I don't know what the Lakers are gonna do here uh, tonight or or moving forward, but it's, it's Tuesday, yeah. It's not gonna be easy, guys. It's 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 gonna be a rough stretch here from uh, from here on out. Uh, we'll take a look at what's uh, what's coming up though Sunday. It's a pretty big game. I'll give you the latest. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yep. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, guys, welcome in uh, to the grid here, sportsgrid.com. I want to, uh, of course, invite you to find us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network, all the uh, all the sports wagering and fantasy advice you need. All the time in one spot can be found on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network. Make sure you subscribe and hit that little bell in the upper right-hand corner. Also on Instagram, at SportsGridTV. And it might just be time for you this week to put your money where your mouth is, take a shot, open yourself up a sports wagering account. Nobody better to do it with ahead of this Sunday, uh, this big game coming up on Sunday than with FanDuel. Uh, it is Jersey's largest sports book, after all. If you go to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, you'll receive a free bet of 500 bucks right now. That's a free bet up to $500 simply by opening a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You've got access to point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering. Whether it be college or pro sports, guys, you are in control, but you've got to head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid. Get that account opened up and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website. For details, and uh, while we get ready for uh, Sunday, both teams uh, landed here in South Florida yesterday, and uh, we'll embark on some absolute uh, craziness here over the next couple of days as uh, Radio Row and the media and everybody uh, who has got something to push, sell, promote uh, is going to be uh, running around South Florida doing just that. Uh, it is going to be uh, a bit crazy here, and I can promise you this, by uh, by Friday, uh, a lot of those guys are just going to be like, can we play this damn game already? Like, let's go. Uh, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be, I think, one of the uh, better games that we've seen on this stage in a long time. And uh, while last year's 13-3 to game aside, um, I do think this one's going to deliver a little bit more in the scoring department. And over the weekend, as far as money and markets go, uh, it looks like the total seems to be plateauing here. It seems to be evening out. I've seen uh, as high as 55, but I am seeing a lot of uh, more steady 54s, uh, 54 and a halfs, uh, more kind of kind of the norm here across the board. So it does seem like it uh, has leveled out a little bit. Uh, the number, depending on where you are, some places. Uh, I've seen a uh, I've seen a half a point uh, for Kansas City. I've seen a pick them in one other place. I'm seeing a lot of ones, uh, some one and a half still. So it appears that there is some 49er money that's uh, that's hitting the marketplaces around the country, kind of pushing it back their way a little bit. I, I do think before it is all said and done, Dane, this week. And I can tell you already the consensus of what we've been hearing from a lot of the uh, the pundits and a lot of the media is just how good this 49er team is and how this yeah. 49er team is a better team and how uh, their offense was actually rated higher than Kansas City. And I think once that narrative continues to hit the airways and people's TV screens, at which it is at, at a big time rate, I do anticipate once that public money starts 
uh, coming in that it will be influenced a little bit because while people are saying Mahomes is great, uh, they're talking about how great the 49ers are as a team. And I do think that that message may resonate. We've already seen it over the weekend, a little bit of movement uh, towards the 49ers. I do think that's going to continue. Would not surprise me if much like last year, we're talking about the 49ers at kickoff being the uh, one, one and a half point favorite when it's all said and done. You think it'll move that much so that it crosses over zero, Joe? I I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm already a couple of pick them, so ah, it's it's okay. already moving. So it's uh, and I do think that message is going to be loud and clear this week. Yeah, I I hear you, Joe. Just uh, for for uh, clarity's sake, it is still one and a half at our partners over on FanDuel. Okay, and it is still fifty four and a half in terms of the total minus one twenty eight for the Chiefs on the money line, plus one twelve for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I'm hearing that narrative as well, um, that this is like the team of the 49ers against the great Patrick Mahomes. And listen. Joe, you know I've been extolling the virtues of the great, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson for the entire season. I will say this, though, Joe. I believe if that is the public narrative that the Niners are a team and the Chiefs are a player, that that is short-shrifting the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs. I really do believe that. I mean, we have talked about the evolution of this Chiefs defense throughout the year. We talked about how the Spagnolo system and the zone was tough to understand at first and how they have gotten so much better, especially with the renaissance of Tyron Matthew. You know, they're going to have Chris Jones back. And I just think that Kansas City... Yeah, they're the sexy kind of, you know, dynamic team. And we all know about Patrick Mahomes. But I think it would be disrespectful for the Chiefs to have the simplistic analysis of this being like team of San Fran versus Patrick Mahomes. This is not like LeBron James against the team of the Detroit Pistons. You know what I mean? I think the rest of the Chiefs are far better than that narrative uh, would give them credit for. Well, it is. But we're again, when we're talking about the recreational better and the public, they don't really care. They just it's usually what they turn on, listen to on the radio with the talking heads like, oh, I hear Kansas City's. uh, Well, I hear they're good, but I heard they're one guy. And I hear. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be very easy to uh, to influence them. But I don't think we've seen even close to the amount. And I do think come Thursday, Friday. Saturday, you'll really start to see that uh, that public influence come in. But at the same time, um, there are without a doubt a number of uh, of pros that are still sitting on the sidelines waiting right. to see how some of this um, uh, shakes out. Uh, in fact, because there's really uh, let's see what's going on. If the public's push is towards Kansas City, and you know if you're a guy on the sidelines right now with uh, you know getting ready to drop uh, drop six figures. Well, then you're going to wait till that gets up there for the 49ers, aren't you? Because right. it ain't going to get any better if it goes towards Kansas City. Uh, at worst case, if it starts to push towards San Francisco, well, then you can hop in at any particular point anyway. You're still going to go money line, and you're probably going to be even anyway. So there's no harm, no foul. But it's the public the public dollars, Dane, where is it going to go? And how is right. it going to be influenced? And so much of what we've seen in the past, just like the – you know, all week long. Remember, it was all week last year. We heard the Rams offense leading up, right? Right up until this week or right. the week prior. It was Rams this, Rams that. They were great. It was McVay. It was they. And then all of a sudden during the week, you know, people were reminded about how great Belichick and Brady were. And all they kept hearing, remember, was the stats. And, you know, Brady and Belichick in sure. this spot. And then 
all of a sudden, come uh, come day of, you know, that minus one, one and a half was, holy crap, they're two-point underdogs now. What the hell just happened? I, it's going to, to me, it's going to be exactly the same thing here. I do think the 49er love is going to be alive and well come, uh, come Saturday and Sunday. Fair enough. And the other thing we should note, we've touched on this a little bit, is the regionalism of this, oh, yes. right? When you have the 49ers there, a Bay Area, California team, mm-hmm. and a lot of these, you know, a lot of people get their cue from Vegas. We've talked about this. Let's just remind the casual fan, the casual mm-hmm. better that happens to be up at 730 in the morning, tuned into sports. Right. Grid. Love it. People get on the grid for Super Bowl week, right? But. Remember, this is not what the books think will happen. This is what will generate even money on both sides. So I talk about the regionalism of it, Joe, because you got to figure that those Nevada desert lines much closer to the Bay Area, to the San Francisco fans, to 49ers money is going to be a little bit more lopsided in the 49ers' favor than maybe some of the Jersey books, okay, which may be more straight up and have less of a dog in the fight. So let's talk about shopping around. I could see it, Joe. Couldn't you? Couldn't you see it being like minus one for Kansas City, one and a half out here on the East Coast, but still being half a point pick them or even, like you say, towards San Fran out there in Nevada? Oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, it it wouldn't surprise me in the uh, in sure. the least bit. It was so funny about L.A. last year because while they are in L.A., it was it was quite obvious that um, yeah, even people in L.A. were like, eh, I'm not sure I'm buying it here. It's Brady and right. Belich. You know that Brady Belichick uh, influence is kind of crazy. And listen, I think the Andy Reid and the Mahomes stories this uh, this week are going to you're going to get a lot of that bleeding heart stuff with, you know, good old Andy, poor Andy. Sure. I mean, hell, you're even going to get, I, and I saw there's a couple of places that are carrying uh, that are carrying the prop that, uh, in fact, San Francisco will blow a 24-3 to 3 lead. I saw um, that. That's what I was yeah, so you know, you know that's lead. coming, too. So, Wolf like, come on. Blow the lead yeah. again, yes. He's going to answer that question a million times this week. And yeah. uh, there's going to be some fatigue there. but And don't forget the prop markets. I think the prop markets, too, are yeah. going to get uh, later in the week are going to start to get hammered. My advice would be, again, if you are uh, attacking this game via a side or a total plus the prop market, uh, the props are going to get hammered soon, uh, big time. Because if there's nothing else, Dane, the recreational and new betters that we know, Sure, at the party, I'll I'll put a couple of bucks down on who's going to have more passing yards and who's going to. So, if you got to lean one way or the other, you may want to start to consider dropping in some money on these prop bets before the before the juice goes through the roof on some of them. Yeah, and when you talk about the prop bets, Joe, remember in the last year since the last Super Bowl, we've had a bunch more states make this legal, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so, for example, in the state of uh, Indiana. For example, they are for the first time sanctioning some of these prop bets, like some of the funnier ones, right? right. Like the Gatorade, you know, by, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, green or yellow, you know, that lemon-lime flavor. That is the early favorite of Gatorade, uh, just in case you're into something like that. But don't laugh, Joe, because you're capping the damn national anthem, yeah. all right? You literally went back 20 years on the national anthem, so I don't want to hear it about which ones are a sucker <laughs> bet, Joe. I, but I think that. I wish right? somebody, the dude who makes the Gatorade, like, I, I, why is he not on Rolodex? Like, come on. That's what I've been telling you, right? Like, can we get Tony Romo's nephew to be like, yo, what's he going to wear? 
exactly. you know, can I get Shakira's makeup artist? <laughs> can we get them on Friday for Make It Rain? Exactly. Exclusive J-Lo's makeup artist? We'll make okay. it rain. Let's only let it be $100 max, so you're not going to get rich bet those. I don't care. You bet it, it, I bet it. Venmo Brian bets it. Let's go. <laughs> Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So yesterday in the uh, in the Pro Bowl, while the uh, the game certainly was uh, no shortage of scoring, as the total hit five and the AFC Cup was a one and a half point favorite, uh, it was interesting. We did get for the very first time. Maybe this was the most interesting part of it was the fact that we got a glimpse onto what a uh, the onside kick alternative uh, is oh, yeah. looking like that they are proposing. Uh, because you had in the fourth quarter, uh, the NFC scores a touchdown. They cut the AFC's lead to 38-33, and Pete Carroll sent out his offense instead of the special teams unit. And, of course, the alternate, if you haven't found out, guys, allows the team to give its opponent the ball on its own 25 or to attempt a fourth and 15 from its own 25 of course, in in hopes that you can keep the possession and keep the chains moving, uh, he chose the give me uh, give me an opportunity here for a fourth and fifteen, and let's see how it goes. And Kurt Cousins, uh, what a shock! Was flushed out of the pocket, stepped back to his uh, own fifteen, uh, and threw a bomb towards Kenny Holiday. Uh, but he was double covered by Hayden and Earl Thomas, so that wasn't going to be. But it did at least give us an idea of maybe possibly what's going to happen here in the future, where instead of the onside kick, send out the offense, fourth and 15. If you can keep the chains moving, man, you uh, you got yourself an opportunity to be able to score. Uh, don't hate the idea. I really don't, then. I don't either. Um, I don't either. Remember, this all changed because when they made some of the different kickoff rules, right, like they can't be running before the kick for the effort of player safety, what it did was just severely compromise the percent probability of an onside kick. I think it happened only like three times in the NFL season. And when teams realize that it's a less than 5% proposition, you know, it changes the calculus, right? They want it to be, I don't know, Joe, right? Like between a 15, around a 10, 15% opportunity to actually do that. And I'm sure they've crunched the numbers and crunched the data and seen that, you know, fourth and 15 is about the same rate of success that they want and to have it from the 25 so that, you know, the kind of risk reward is still there. I would have done it from the 30 instead of the 25. I think fourth and 15 is about right. But I do think it's interesting to see how they are um, evolving. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, I think I think we're going to see it more and more, to be quite honest. And I'm glad that it has a better chance of success than what we saw in the um, in previous years with the new onside kick. Yeah, no, I mean, no, don't know when we're going to see it again, but at least a, uh, there was obviously a, some sort of mandate that, hey, if we get into this opportunity, let's uh, let's see what this let's looks like. Remember yeah, they tested out the narrow goalposts? 
I think one yeah. year in the in the yep. Pro Bowl also the narrower uh, goalpost and like I think Venetary hit the goalpost or something yep. like that. You know, so I, I I'm okay with them trying things out in the Pro Bowl because uh, they're certainly not trying to tackle in the Pro Bowl. I'll no, tell you that. No, no, they are definitely not trying to uh, to do that. After all, it was uh, seventy thousand dollars to the winner, thirty five thousand dollars to the loser. You don't want to mess with that kind of money. Um, but uh, another thing we learned, of course, yesterday was, and uh, again, typical classy move by Russell Wilson, who gave way and uh, and let Drew Brees uh, start the game instead of uh, Russell. And, you know, Drew had made the comments uh, prior to the game that, in fact, um, he's going to make the decision here ra- sooner rather than later. And he That's said right. that he he ain't playing for anybody else except for the Saints. So he said, throw that out, guys. Forget about that. I'm either staying with New Orleans or I'm retiring. And he said that he hopes to have that decision made within this month. Um, And I'm sure there's a part of him that already knows which way he's leaning one way or the other. Um, Him becoming a free agent is it's a moot point because I don't see him wearing a different uniform and he basically told you, I'm either, and why would you want to leave the Saints situation? They're willing to have him back and they want him back. But the question is, does Drew Brees want to give us uh, one more go of it? Um, that remains to be seen. But I don't think this is going to drag out. Uh, this isn't where one side is trying to push the other side out. They'll give him the next month to figure it out. I'm sure you'll hear it by March, by the first week in March. Yeah. Um my gut tells me um, he might be hanging him up and they might be moving forward with the Teddy Bridgewater era. Uh, I ju- if you're Russell Wilson, what are you pushing Drew Brees if he's coming back? Why, why are you right. allowing? What's the, uh, like what's the motivation? It's like letting Cal Ripken play shortstop at the right. All-Star game. Yeah, right. Am yep. I right? I mean, that's kind of yep. what it felt like, no? Yes. And here's the thing. You know, um, up here in New York, right, Eli Manning walked away uh, right. last week. Right. And similar in the sense that he he wasn't going to play for anybody but the Giants. You know what I mean? This was either I'm going to give it one last shot with the Giants um, or I'm walking away. He knows it would have been as a backup. Drew Brees is obviously a slightly different situation, but not really, because here's the catch. Here's the problem for the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, not on the contract. Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill. Not on the contract, right? So if Drew Brees does come back, they lose, you know, then they're they're almost like in the position where the Patriots losing Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Because Teddy Bridgewater is going to get a starting quarterback level offer from a team in the NFL. He just is. You know what I mean? So the Saints, if Drew Brees comes back, they won't be able to keep Teddy as well, I don't think. Okay? And then you have issues and questions. Well, if Taysom Hill is your quarterback too, you can't use Taysom Hill as a running back, as a receiver, as a punt blocker because he's your actual QB too. So the Saints are in a very interesting situation where they kind of got to declare moving forward what they're doing. Obviously, they would want Drew Brees, but they get kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because Teddy Bridgewater is going to command starting level contract as well. So, yes, Drew Brees will take his time. But, you know, the start of the league year happens, I I think, the very beginning of March. Right. You have the Super Bowl. Then everyone fades away for about a month. Then you'll start hearing about um, casualties, uh, salary cap casualties and new free agent signing. But that the league year will start at the beginning of March. So I am guaranteeing you we will hear Drew Brees' decision about the middle to the end of February because he's not going to put the Saints in a bad spot. So if he moves on, they know they can move forward.
road with Teddy or another free agent. Yeah, and you'll also uh, you'll also learn a lot about the desire of guys like Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Do you really want to go play for a team that's going to win five games, or do you want to stick it here in uh, in what is a amazing nucleus of people and yeah. a team that almost guarantees you an opportunity to not only make the playoffs, but of course uh, go beyond that. So Teddy, uh, the desire of winning no, versus <laughs> desire of, um, you know, going out for the highest dollar. And I would never fault any guy for doing it, but it is uh, as unique as it is for the saints. It's also unique for these players who, you know, congratulations, uh, you know, bad teams, uh, bad organizations, throwing you all this money. Uh, not necessarily a uh, a great thing either if you want to win and having Sean Payton as your head coach versus Lord knows who else. You know, there's a lot of things to consider from the players perspective. And just because Taysom Hill, listen, you're a free agent, man. But how many other coaches you think can utilize you the way Sean Payton has utilized you? So there is it goes both ways and it's going to be so unique to see what happens. But the dominoes fall as Drew Brees falls. If Drew Brees yeah. says I'm coming back then those guys, I am sure, especially Teddy understands, um, he's 42, right? He ain't getting any younger. I, I am sure they're going to be offering Teddy Bridgewater an extended deal anyway. Um, so, you know, do you hang out for a year, back him up for one final hurrah, or does he just hang it up and ride off into the sunset, which also would not surprise me, at which particular point, I don't think either of those guys are are going anywhere anyway. So the Saints they are going to contend next year in that division. I mean, that's, I think whether it's bridge or is it fair to say whether it's Bridgewater or breeze, they are going to contend in that division. They're going to have a really good shot of moving forward. Once again, I would think so. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero oh with them, Joe. Right. Right. So, you know what I mean? So we have seen that Teddy Bridgewater in this offense with this mm-hmm. personnel can right. be successful. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, the only way Joe, I agree with you. The Saints will be a contender, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen that over the last three years, right? The Saints are a very quality team. Their defense has gotten better. Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 and with them. Michael Thomas, we know they are a good team. The, there's one way, I think, where they're not good next year, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one way is Drew Brees decides to come back, right? And because of that, Teddy Bridgewater gets an offer at starter level money somewhere else. So he's not in the fold. Right. Right. And then we realize next year that Drew Brees fell off the damn cliff. Yeah. And he's really, really. And he's like Eli Manning. And that is the way that and they don't have a Teddy or anyone to turn to. Right. Because. Teddy goes like the Jimmy G route or the Jacoby Brissett route. It's like, nah, I can start somewhere else. I want to give me that money in wherever with the Chargers or somewhere else. Who knows, right? That's the way. And if all of a sudden the aging Drew Brees Mm -hmm. can't do it anymore, that's where the Saints are left holding the bag. But that's – I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen. But there have been whispers about Drew Brees' arm strength, Drew Brees in the second half of the season. And so if that – gets much worse, and it happens quickly sometimes for old quarterbacks, Joe. It happened quickly for Peyton. It happened quickly for Eli. That would be the only way um, that I think the Saints take a nosedive. If they cast their lot with Breeze for one more ride, you know, let Teddy find greener pastures, and then it turns out that they're left with an old man on their center. Uh, Breeze strikes me as the kind of guy that – 
um, is aware of his own uh, mortality. So I, I do think he would walk away rather than uh, while a part of him, I'm sure, wants to uh, wants to come back and, and contend. That's who he is. But I think he would know better than anybody if he doesn't think he can do it. I, I think him and Sean Payton are close enough. The reality of it is that. Listen, and don't forget, he missed five, six games this year, which I think helped him, by the way, in the long run uh, with that arm and everything else. You just can't beat the Minnesota Vikings for some reason. I don't know what it is, but you just can't beat them. Uh, Some teams just have your number, and they happen to be one of them. But if he can't, if he knows in his heart of hearts that he can't do it, I I think Drew's not a guy that's chasing. He's got a whole other career set up already on the motivational speaker, sir. Like, he's already... He's good. Like he's good and he knows he's good. So I he doesn't strike me as the guy that would chase this. Uh, and him even saying, guys, it's either the Saints or it's nobody. Right. Then it's a come no, then it's a come to reality moment for him. Like, can I do this grind one more year and still help the team win? I think Sean Payton might have something to say about that too in his ear. Like, dude, listen, here's the tape. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here uh... and meanwhile. You you got Eli, you, you know, who retires, hangs it up, and now he's talking about he still wants to be a part of helping the Giants organization moving forward, and he would love to figure out some way to be able to be a part. He said he wants to talk to the Maras and, and figure out if there's a way that he can even help mentor, do something along those lines from a coaching perspective. Eli, I could see being in a, in a coaching role. I could see him. Not, I can't see Peyton doing anything remotely close to that. But I think Eli, I think he'd want some sort of, you know, consultant slash uh, something uh, role along those lines. That would not surprise me at all. I can see that also, Joe. But you also got to remember, whether we're talking about Eli, whether we're talking about Breeze, whether we're talking about Rivers, Brady, whatever, this is still fresh for them, right? Mm-hmm. It's still They're only still weeks away from the season. Let's see when they take that Caribbean vacation and they come back in February and they've had their time with their family and their wives have told them what to do. We'll see mm-hmm. what they feel like then, you know? Sometimes this is still fresh. But I can see Eli still being part of the, you know, the consultant at training camp, yep. you know, whatever Absolutely. legends that come around. Absolutely. And with Breeze, I'm not Rats. saying he's done, mm-hmm. you know, but that would just be the whammy for the Saints, you know? And I think that's only like a 5% chance of happening. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton, I can't see it. Owner, yes. Uh, Coach, no. Eli, I could definitely see him wanting to help out in best way. Just that kind of demeanor there. All right, guys. uh, Coming up. Yeah. Exactly. Other headlines coming your way next year on The Grid. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. So some interesting, uh, interesting news uh, from over the weekend as well. A couple of uh, 
Coaches got themselves uh, a nice payday, including uh, Ed Ogeron gets himself a six-year extension. Look at that. You win a national championship, you and know? you get paid uh, millions of dollars, and you get to hang out uh, at LSU since they're the only ones who can understand what you say anyway. Uh, and now you're there for another six years. So good for you, Ed. But uh, it, like anything else, Dane, it's uh, amazing how that'll work. Uh, give me one or what? two uh, non-playoff seasons and they'll start calling enjoy it now ed because it is a uh, what have you done for me lately but he's getting paid uh and roy williams actually won a game uh, this year for north carolina go figure and he ended up passing dean smith uh and damn 800 career wins now roy williams at north carolina between north carolina he's fourth on the list he trails Bob Knight by uh, 99. Jim Bayheim, yeah. your boy there at uh, Syracuse. Right. And, of course, uh, Coach K is has uh, got close to 1,150 wins. I mean, that's um, pretty impressive stuff there as they end up winning a game. Finally, uh, they ended up winning a game, and they, uh, they just boat raced the University of Miami there over the weekend. Good for them. They have another game tonight against uh, NC State. We'll see if they can keep that rolling. But your uh, your boys over there at uh, at Syracuse uh, doing yeah. their best part there, continuing to roll along, Dana. Don't look now; they um, could very well be themselves a contender in the ACC here, my friend. Uh, you know, one step at a time. Let's go one step <laughs> at a time, okay? Um, but yes, they they uh, they they're chugging right along. They're a young team. Joe, for the most yes. part, the Cuse. They're a young team, Very. you know, like Mr. New York, the kid Gerard out of uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. and they uh, carry the guard. They're a young mm-hmm. team, so let's see. They could be, you know, I'd be extolling the Spagnolo defense and how it got better throughout the season. Bayheim in the 2 yep. 3 zone is also something that gets better throughout the season as these kids learn all the little nuances of it. So, uh, you know, and the 2-3 zone also in a tournament setting uh, when you don't have much time to prepare, when it's unfamiliar to you, when you may have practiced it but not against that kind of length, that's when the orange come to play. So we'll see. They, uh, I'm going to map it out. This is the most important week of basketball for Syracuse this year. And we'll explain why. We'll do that coming all up right. next. I'm all Stay in on cues, man. I'll explain why. This doing coming up. We'll do that Bravo. next here on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Yeah.